This motivational message was recorded on my radio show, Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley. Today I want to talk to you about the positive power of adversity. On a cold winter morning in Elkhart, Kansas, in 1917, two boys, eight-year-old Glenn Cunningham and his 13-year-old brother Floyd, were walking to school early. You see, their job was to get the one-room schoolhouse ready for their classmates by starting a fire early in the morning in the big pot-bellied stove that they had in the center of the room. To do this, they often poured kerosene on the wood to get it started. Unfortunately, someone the previous day had switched out the kerosene for gasoline or petrol instead. Once they lit the fire, there was a big whoosh and both of the boys caught fire and ran outside in a panic. A farmer just happened to be riding by on his horse and wagon and jumped off his wagon, and because Glenn was the closer of the two boys, put him out first. Then he ran over and put the fire out on his brother. Glenn then woke up in the hospital later on and saw that all of the flesh on his knees and shins, all the tolls on his left foot were gone. Also his transverse arch on his foot was basically destroyed. From his hospital bed, he faintly heard the doctor tell his mother that his brother Floyd had all had passed away and that it was unlikely that he would make it either. A few days later, he was still alive. The doctor was very happy but surprised that that was the case. But then Glenn overheard the doctor tell his mother that he had the start of an infection and they should amputate both his legs to save his life. Glenn heard this and begged his mother with tears in his eyes not to amputate his legs. And because his mother was so moved and knew that her son was so crushed that he'd lost his brother, she convinced the doctor to give it a few days to see if the infection cleared up, even though there was a risk. It did. Of course, after the infection cleared up, the doctor told him he'd never walk again. His parents had a regimen of massaging his legs, or what was left of them, to keep the circulation going. This, of course, was incredibly painful. One morning, Glenn's mother wheeled him out into the yard to let him get some fresh air. When she came back, she saw that he had thrown himself onto the ground and dragged, crawled himself to their white picket fence and pulled himself up so he could stand. He did this every day, using the fence to drag himself along, trying to get his little leg to be able to walk again. Eventually, he wore a path out along the fence line. And then eventually, one day, he was able to stand up. Then he was able to walk haltingly with help. Then he was able to walk on his own. One day, he could kind of hop run because his legs, of course, were still mangled. At the age of 12, four years after the fire, he went back to school. And he was a bit like Forrest Gump. He never walked anywhere. He ran just because he was so glad that he could. By high school, he was on the track team. In 1932, he represented the United States in the Olympics, placing fourth in the 1500 meters. In 1934, he broke the world record for the mile at four minutes, six seconds, 0.8, which stood for three years. In 1936, he returned back to the Olympics and set the world record in the 800 meters. Unfortunately, the guy that won the gold medal also set a world record. So he had to settle for silver. In 1938, he set the world record for the indoor mile. What do we learn from Glenn Robinson's story? 
Well, the first thing we learn is it doesn't matter where you start out, it matters where you finish up. He was a poor boy who couldn't walk, and he lived through the Great Depression as a young man. He couldn't go to school for four years because his legs were so badly burned, and yet he broke and held multiple world records in running, competed in two different Olympic Games, and after his retirement from running, opened a ranch that helped out over 10,000 disadvantaged children. What else do we learn? Well, we also learn something that's a little bit negative, that even the greatest of us psych ourselves out. You see, back then, it was believed it was physically impossible to run a four-minute mile. They had all these scientists and doctors proving why you could not run a four-minute mile. Your heart would explode. Nobody's lung capacity was great enough. So on and so on and so on. So Glenn used to run the first half of his mile slower than he did the second half. He kept himself in reserve because he was afraid his legs would give out and he knew that it was physically impossible to run a four-minute mile. Until 1954, when Roger Bannister ran a four-minute mile, he ran three minutes, 59 seconds, point four. And within 46 days, that record was broken again. And within two years, 10 men around the world could run a four-minute, sub-four-minute mile. Today, over 500 just American men have run a four-minute mile. The third thing we learned is that adversity causes some to break, as it said, and others to break records. I know myself, I would have never, ever went to nationals and swimming if I didn't have asthma in a child and feel I had something to prove. So again, we realize there are two kinds of people listening to this radio broadcast and this podcast today. We all have challenges. We all have disappointments. There's the kind of person who will give up or be a victim. And then there's the kind of person who will look at the adversity and use it to motivate themselves to heights they might never have thought even possible. The question is, which one are you?